Y'all already know who it is. It's your boy Loso, man. And y'all listen to the number one sports podcast out, MTMV Sports. Y'all see When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. All right, buddy, I got to go now, but I'll put on your favorite show. See you tonight. Welcome back to Cooking with Chef Antonio. <laughs> Gee, well, I would like to know how this risotto will turn out, but I'll probably just go to sleep in your bed and sniff your sheets and then figure out what that squirrel is planning. Arr, squirrels. Your dog doesn't care if the TV is on. With energy-saving tips and programs from Georgia Power, you can save money and make your home more efficient. Learn more at georgiapower.com efficiency. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. Everybody, I'm Ed Robinson, and welcome to another exciting edition of The Robinson Show. On the program, I have Joey Kanji. He's from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and he's a senior writer for OvertimeHeroics.net. He's also a contributor for CrownHoops.com and co-host of Takes from the Nosebleeds and the Queen City Roundup podcast. We're going to talk about the Toronto sports scene and so much more. That's all coming up after the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Robinson Show. People who are sick should stay home. You don't go to an emergency room. You don't go to a clinic. You get on the phone and you ask for advice and instructions from your physician. Then you use those instructions to determine what you're going to do. But the first reflex should not be, I feel sick, I'm going to go to an emergency room. I feel sick, I'm going to just go to a doctor's office. We need to physically separate. Ultimately, you may need, obviously, to see a physician or to go to a hospital. The first reflex should be to make a call to your physician. Steps you can take to prevent spread of respiratory viruses include avoid close contact with people who are sick. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. If soap and water are not readily available, use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects and surfaces 
using a regular household cleaning spray or wipe. Cover your own cough or sneeze with your elbow or a tissue. All right, everybody, welcome back to the program. All right, on the Robinson Show, he is now on the program. We want to welcome to the program a gentleman who is the senior writer for OvertimeHeroics.net. He's also the contributor for CrownHoops.com and co-host of Takes from the Nosebleeds and the Queen Queen City Roundup podcast. We want to welcome to the program from Toronto, Canada, Joey Kanji. Hello, Joey. Welcome to the program. Hey, Ed. uh, Thanks for having me. All right, no problem, my man, and um, let's jump right to it. So, uh, you know, you, you're from uh, Toronto, one of the great cities in all of the world, and, um, you know, the, the 416, the 6, the TO, uh, whatever you want to call it, Toronto is one of those special cities, and what uh, one of the things that makes Toronto so special is its sports team. And was, what, what was really special was last year with the Toronto Raptors, and the landing of Kawhi Leonard in a big trade. Can you tell the audience, Joey, just uh, what was the the atmosphere like when the Raptors landed Kawhi and he uh, became a member of the Raptors? Um, There was a lot of mixed feelings about it, from what I remember, because, you know, we had to trade uh, DeMar DeRozan, who was a franchise favorite, one of the best to ever put on the Raptors uniform. So a lot of people... And like a lot of people just weren't too familiar with Kawhi Leonard here in the city because like he played in the West and they didn't get too much coverage here. But I remember me and like the people who actually knew who he was were like, no, this like yeah, everybody loved loved Demar. That's fine, but but this guy is something special and he can bring us to he can get us a ring. So it was like it was like a bittersweet thing though. So. But yeah, at the end of the day, it was worth it. Obviously, won the championship. So, yeah, indeed, it was worth it, Joey. And you mentioned another impact player, Demar Derozan, who was a uh, one of who was one of my favorite players. And uh, certainly, like you said, he was well beloved in Toronto. Uh, let's stay with Demar for a moment. What what was Demar's impact like in the city? Um, he was just like the next, like the next star. That was like he took over after Bosch went to Miami, and he has that famous tweet uh, where he said, "Don't worry, I got us." And he just kind of took charge of the team and didn't want anybody to worry about it, kind of thing. And um, yeah, just like the impact he had, like he was just—he was just like probably the one of the biggest sports stars in the city at the time, because uh, like. Yeah, all our other sports teams really weren't that good, great at the time. So the spotlight was on him, and he did a good job at, at uh, handling it. Okay, fair enough. So now let's move ahead to uh, last year's Toronto's team. So Kawhi Leonard comes in in the big trade, and you, of course, you've already got another impact player in Kyle Lowry. So you have Kawhi Leonard followed by Kyle Lowry. You've got Sergi Baca, and of course, Mark Gasol comes to the Raptors in a big trade, and you've got Danny Green, uh, Sergi Baca. Uh, you've also got, of course, Pascal Siakam, who has uh, definitely become, who, who became a favorite in uh, Toronto. Did you expect this team to go as far as they did? Uh, personally, I I thought that they would it would be a finals or bust kind of season at the very least because um, 
just because of the player Kawhi Leonard is and the special talent he was. And I already knew, like, we had, like, the culture here to win, especially, well, that was brought with Dwayne Casey, but he got fired. And then we hired uh, Nick Nurse, too, who's just a great defensive mind and uh, and all that. So, so yeah, like, there was no doubt in my mind that this team would at least make the finals. I was a little nervous going into the final series against the Warriors just because of their track record and how good of a team they were. But but I was pleasantly surprised about that. Speaking of pleasantly surprised, I, I mentioned a, a name in uh, Pascal Siakam, and he wound up winning the NBA Sixth Man of the of the Year award. And um, certainly, uh, I, I'm not sorry, the Sixth Man of the Year, but he wound up winning uh, NBA Most Improved Player of the Year. Uh, you know, Siakam was mm-hmm. kind of one that kind of got into basketball relatively late in his life. We know about his story coming from Cameroon and things of that nature. Uh, kind of like, what was your take of Siakam? Uh, first coming in Toronto and then really improving and being a part of that championship run. Yeah, just to see him, like the player that he's become has been been uh, quite the thing to watch. Like he came in as a late first round draft pick. I remember he he'd get some minutes. He would be up and down with the with the, our team in the G League and and he did play in his rookie year and didn't get too many minutes. He played in a lot of like garbage time situations. But then, like you notice, like, but like when you'd watch him, you'd notice that there there's something there. Like he had some some potential and all that. And then he had a his sophomore season was was all right. You can say nothing special, but it was definitely an improvement. And then and then after that, he just came in, and now like he's on track to be an NBA superstar. In my opinion, he's just he's he played defense. He can put up points. He's got the height, the size, he's got it all. He's just a, a great player and it's been really cool to see him uh see him blossom before our, our eyes. Speaking of blossoming man, one of my favorite players during that uh, Raptor run, Fred Van Vliet. Oh, man, Fred Van Vliet, he really stepped up during that season, and particularly in the playoffs. He hit some big shots in that game six against the Warriors. Um Fred Van Vliet, looking at him, known to be a great shooter, known for being very scrappy. Um, what's your take on uh, Fred? Oh, I, I love him. He's uh, he, he's always, was one of just those role players up until he just turned it on into like in the in the Eastern Conference Finals where he really like turned it on in the playoffs last year. And uh, but yeah, like, he's another one of those players. Like you know, he was a good guy to come off the bench and all that, but. But you weren't sure if he was anything more than that. But then, especially with how he's played this season before it got it got postponed, he was um, it was uh, he's really uh, proven that he can be like the next point guard of this team. Like even after after Kyle Lowry, if he ends up retiring or if he if he goes elsewhere, then uh, we're in good hands with uh, with Fred VanVleet. You mentioned Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, of course, is uh, uh, last year's team. Ka- Kawhi Leonard was the captain, and also Kyle Lowry served as the captain of the team. And certainly Kyle Lowry is one of those guys that has always been durable, always been productive. There's been questions about um, it, it, about him getting in shape, but he really got it together the last couple of seasons. And currently, uh, last year, he made it, an impact on that championship team. We know how – 
you mentioned about DeMar DeRozan being so powerful in the city of Toronto. We also know that DeMar and Kyle Lowry were very close. Um, what's your take on Kyle uh, during his time with the Raptors and how important he was in the championship run? Um, he's very, like, hot and he was, for the most part, he was very hot and cold here. Like, there's people that loved him and then, and then, like, with, like, a few, like, playoff performances that didn't go as planned and he got that criticism of he's not a big-time player and all that. But um, he definitely wiped that out off of his uh, reputation with the the performance he put up in the, in the playoffs last season. And now he's turned into somebody that was just, like, a good player for the Raptors to what a lot of people are – calling the the greatest raptor of all time in Kyle Lowry. So um so yeah, like that's another player much like Siakam that he's been here for so long and it's been pretty cool to see him improve and develop into into the player that that he is today. Okay, well now let's um that's the uh 2018-2019 Toronto Raptors of course last year winning the NBA championship. Let's move ahead now to uh well this uh, abbreviated NBA season. We're going to get more into a coronavirus and things of that nature in just a moment. But the Raptors were currently, before we had the uh, postponement in play, the Raptors were definitely on the rise. They were definitely a team that was definitely uh, destined to do great things in the East. They currently were the, it finished in second place in the Eastern Conference with a record of 46 and 18. Uh, no Kawhi Leonard goes to the Clippers, but they still pretty much have their core team intact. You know, Kyle Lowry, um, Pascal Siakam, Serge Ibaka. Also, uh, OG Ananobi returned because um, he was hurt last year during that uh, that playoff run. Before we had the stoppage in play, Joey, what was your take on uh, the Raptors uh, coming in uh, for the uh, playoff run? Uh, just uh, resilient would be the word. I would use to describe them this year. Um, the whole team has been battling injuries almost all year. I don't think they had a healthy starting five since ever this season. <laughs> and uh, they were still just putting up the results they needed. And they've gotten a lot of a lot of help from their support, from the support cast as well. They, they've really stepped up huge. Like one player would be the undrafted rookie, uh, Terrence Davis Jr. He really stepped up and proven that he can be a great NBA player, and also other like supporting pieces like um, like Hollis Jefferson. He came in from Brooklyn this year, and he's played a played a very good game, fit into Nick Nurse's system very well. And another player too that I, even though he's been injured as well, but when he's been on, he's stepped up for sure. Is uh, Matt Thomas, who came in from, I believe he played in Spain last year, and he's just like a great shooter. He's one one of those sharpshooters type of players, but but yeah, like this team has proven proven a lot to uh to the doubters, I guess you can call them in uh who all said that um that we would be no nothing without Kawhi or like a fringe playoff team or not even a playoff team. So I think they've done a, a good job of proving everybody wrong. Okay, let's move ahead now to hockey, Joey. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, in the 2018-2019 season, the Maple Leafs went to the playoffs, and uh, they lost in the first round for the second year in a row. They lost in, the, in a tough uh, seven-game series to the, the always-tough Boston Bruins. 
I want to talk about uh, the Maple Leafs for a moment last year. They added uh, John Tavares in uh, free agency, and also, of course, they uh, they lost veterans such as James Van Rimes, Van Rimes Dick. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this last name. Is it Van, Van Rimes Dyke? Van Rimes Dyke. Van Reemsdyke, thank you. Uh, James Van Reemsdyke and also uh, Tyler Bozak and uh, Leo Komarov. Um, they lost those guys, but John Tavares was big, uh, a, a big ad in free agency. Uh, tell the audience just a little bit about um, the fever pitch of the Maple Leafs' uh, playoff run last year. Well, the, as you can probably tell, being in Canada, hockey and the Maple Leafs are, are the biggest thing here. Is the city lives and dies by them. <laughs> um, mostly dies over the, the power, how, how our history has been <laughs> over the last 50 years. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, um, when we signed John Tavares, there's a big uh, a big jolt in the city for sure. John Tavares was one of the, the superstars of the league, and uh, he actually took um, he actually. They had an offer worth more money to go sign in San Jose, but he actually chose to come here, being from just outside the Toronto area. It was a, it was a nice story seeing him want to come home and all that. So replacing somebody like like it was tough losing a lot of those other other players that you mentioned, like Komarov and Van Riemsdyk and all them. But but um, John Tavares definitely filled the did a good job filling the gap. Indeed, he and uh, he did indeed fill the gap for the Maple Leafs. He uh, led the team in goals with 47, and um, also you had uh, Mitch Marner led the team in assistant points, and uh, also uh, Patrick Marlowe. He, uh, of course, along with John Tavares, uh, Patrick Marlowe, and of course uh, Morgan Riley served as alternate captains of the team. Uh, give me your take on uh, Patrick during his uh, during the year last year. Well, Patrick Marlowe is one of the will be down as one of the the greats in the NHL history. He's he was more of a the Toronto Maple Leafs at the time were a very young team, so he was more of a veteran's pre, a veteran presence that we signed to get into the locker room and you know show the show all the young guys how how it's done and like lead by example that way and all that. And uh, he's also he still he still had it on the ice too. He was a pretty pretty good player for us and in his first season with us I believe he put up 20 goals or close to 20 goals which is which is a pretty good season and yeah you can tell like he just really gelled well in the in the locker room with all the with all the players he helped um mentor all the young guys and turn them into the help help form them into the great players that they are today indeed it's always important it's always important uh Joey to have that uh veteran leadership and uh, certainly uh it paid off for them during the regular season they were able to get a playoff spot unfortunately they ran into the boston bruins it was a tough physical uh seven game series before we go kind of a little deep into the series i want to ask you what was the um we know what the atmosphere was like in downtown Toronto for uh, around Jurassic Park when the Raptors won the NBA title. But like you said, in Canada, hockey is everything. People live and die for hockey. What was the atmosphere like in in, in the whole area when the Maple Leafs were, were in making that playoff run? Well, where Jurassic Park is, they actually show Leafs playoff games there as well. And have the same like type of viewing parties, and uh, just for 
like the games in the first round, there's it, it, we take up like the whole street, like how we like close to like what the Raptors did for like the Eastern Conference Finals. Like it, it's it's crazy here. Like like as much as everybody loves the Raptors and how much and how popular they are, just multiply that by ten for the for the Maple Leafs locally here I in the city. <laughs> yeah, it's it's huge, and it doesn't matter all the all the heartbreak us Leaf fans face. <laughs> We're always uh, right back there to uh, the next season to to support them. Hopefully, hopefully seeing them go further. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it was a, a tough series, it was a top seven game series against the Boston Bruins. Yeah. They fell short. Of course, Boston uh, won the series four games to three. And it was tough because that last game was at the, uh, I'm sorry, the last game was in uh, Boston at the TD Garden. And before that, they lost um, two to four at mm-hmm. the uh, Scotiabank Arena. Um, anything that you could take away from that playoff run? Um. This was a bit of a like the Boston Bruins are our nemesis. Like I like to say, we we are to the like if the Leafs were the Bulls, the Bruins would be the the Detroit Pistons from like the late '80s to the to the '90s. It's just like they're that one team that we just can't seem to get by. We've lost three three straight playoff series to them. So so yeah, they're that they're that one team. But um. I guess growth is one thing that we could have taken away from that series. Like, again, they're like just a very young team, so it's all the experience they can get, and especially in the playoffs against tough teams. So you can take that away from it. And also, um, we got a new coach this year, so so hopefully uh, next time we play Boston, this coach can help us get get through them. All right, fair enough, and let's uh, kind of uh, go ahead to the current. Well, the current season that was uh, uh, postponed due to the uh, the pandemic, which we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, the 2019-2020 Toronto Maple Leaf season. You mentioned Joey about them getting a new coach. Mike Babcock was uh, fired, and Kurt was replaced by Sheldon mm-hmm. Keith, and um, it made a big difference. Current um, at the moment, the Maple Leafs pose a record of. 36 wins, 25 losses, and also uh, nine ties. So um, certainly, you know, uh, John John Tavares uh, remains the captain of the team. Also, Austin Matthews um, played well so far in this abbreviated season. Um, can you kind of just kind of go into detail with our audience uh, what led to the firing of uh, Mike Babcock? Well, the first thing I want to say is that Mike Babcock was like, He's he's one of the best coaches in the business right now, and unfortunately, it just didn't work out here. But the reason for that is um, we have like a Mike Babcock is more of a of an old school type of hockey player, and the management that the Leafs have, like the general manager Kyle Dubis, is a very new school kind of guy. He uses a lot of analytics when building the team and all that, and they just weren't seeing eye to eye on a lot of stuff. Like he would. Like they had different, um, they had different directions for the team that they wanted to take it in, and it just wasn't working with the team that our general manager was assembling. So it led to a lot of uh, losing early, early on in the season. So, uh, so Kyle Dubas had to pull the trigger and bring in, uh, bring in his guy that he's been with for 
previously in his career for a long time and Sheldon Keefe, who they kind of share the same philosophies and in, in analytics and all that. So hopefully now with, uh, with another head coach that, that shares the same vision, you know, they can get on the same page and uh, we can get to, uh, to some winning here in Toronto. Well, rightfully so. You guys have uh, definitely, well, the Leafs have definitely gotten along to some winning because at the moment uh, their record is 36 wins and 25 losses. And I said nine ties. I stand correct. It was nine losses from, from overtime. I, I stand corrected on the record right there. So, so while we have that, and um, let's get to another team in, uh, in Toronto, the Blue Jays. Um, the last year was was not good for them. Their record was 67 and 95. It just um, didn't play out well for the Blue Jays. Long gone are the days of the 90s where you had the likes of Joe Carter and Paul Molitor and Roberto Alomar and Pat Borders and uh, people like that. And certainly in uh, 2019, you had some, uh, some some key players on the team. I mean, uh, Josh Donaldson was no longer on the team. That was a big loss, but you had Vladimir uh, Guerrero Jr. So, um, you know, the Blue Jays have been going through some tough times right now. How could you sum up their 2019? Um, just like, uh, like it was expected. It wasn't too much of a heartbreak because we knew that we're kind of in between eras right now and we're building up all the – all the young talent and uh in terms of building up the young talent i think that was a really good year like we saw vladimir guerrero jr come in and have some good moments and i think he's definitely poised for a for a great sophomore season whenever it is that the season starts um he got bo bichette come in in a shortstop who had a who had a very good season as well i'm very excited to uh see what he has in store for for us and then also Another middle infielder, uh, second baseman Kevin Biggio, uh, came in to the to the big club and he put up some good numbers as well. So you know, there's a lot to look forward to with the Blue Jays, especially with them being so young. And uh, it's just like one of those things like they can they can surprise some people when ba- whenever baseball comes back, just based on how young they are. Yeah, rightfully so. I mean, the Blue Jays, um, they definitely are on the, on the rise right now. Get into a young team. They're going through the growing pains, just uh, just like you said. And um, they've got a, a, a nice nucleus around them. Uh, while we're on the Blue Jays, I, I want to ask you, um, when the Blue Jays – when um, the Blue Jays with uh, uh, Jose, the – during the era of Jose Bautista and Josh Donaldson, what, what were the crowds like at the Rogers Center? Oh, the crowds were massive. <laughs> Rogers Center is a pretty big venue, and uh, it close to fifty thousand people, and it was sold out or close to sold out. It was uh, it was it was a fun time to be a baseball fan, especially during the twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen runs to the ALCS. It was uh, it was a lot of fun watching watching those teams. All right, fair enough. Now let's get to another uh, uh, team. In uh, Toronto, the Canadian Football League, uh, the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, the Argonauts had a disappointing year last year. They finished only four and fourteen. Now we know, uh, Joey, that uh, me being American, the rules are, of course, the, the dimensions of the field are different in the Canadian Football League as opposed to the NFL. But um, what was the situation like going on with the Argonauts in 2019? Um. I'm gonna be frank with you. I don't. I don't watch too much CFL. <laughs> I'm actually okay. more of an NFL guy. But um, 
I'm just, I just, I just think that they were going through coaches and all that, and they're going through like a bit of an identity issue from what I've, from what I've taken from it. All right, well, fair enough. Well, let's segue into the NFL. Um, I know in, in Toronto, I know the, the closest cities, well, it's it's Buffalo and then Cleveland is the nearest city. You got Buffalo, Cleveland, and then there's Detroit. Um, are you a, a Buffalo Bills fan, or do you root for uh, other teams, or do you follow other teams, no. I should say? I actually root for the, the Washington Redskins. Wait a minute! Do you root for the Redskins? That—that's my favorite team. No way! That's great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 So, uh, the 2019 Redskins—they had uh, uh, Dwayne Haskins as the quarterback, and uh, they actually didn't mm-hmm. start off that way. Case Keenum was the quarterback at the beginning of the year, so uh, Adrian Peterson was still very productive. Um, your take of the Redskins in uh, 2019? Um, I'm pretty excited. Like, I'm not expecting them to, like, win the division or anything, but I'm excited to see Dwayne Haskins grow. I personally thought that, especially the the last two or three starts he had, he showed a lot of promise last season to develop into, like, a pretty good quarterback. So I'm excited for him, and uh, and I'm also, like, really excited, obviously, for Chase Young. That's, that's uh, He's going to be an unbelievable talent for, for the next decade. <laughs> and... Um, and yeah, like last season was tough, but you know Ron Rivera will come in and he'll change the culture around for sure. Like I'm very excited to see what he can do with the team. Yeah, Chase Young is uh, I call Chase Young one of those uh, once in a lifetime talents, and Ron Rivera, uh, yeah. the defensive mindset, he definitely is going to change some things around with the Redskins, you know, when, when we do have an NFL season. So um, while we're still on the NFL, I know to. Um, the NFL scheduled some games in Buffalo with the, I mean, it's scheduled some NF, the NFL scheduled some games in Toronto um, periodically around the Buffalo bills due to uh, being a regional thing. I want to know, have you heard anything about possibly the NFL maybe having a team in Toronto or will the bills continue to have home games in Toronto? Well, it's, it's been a few years since the bills have had, uh, a game here they kind of they they kind of stopped that for the time being but um i just remember a few years ago there was a group led by uh i think it was john bon jovi who were trying to bring a team into toronto but that didn't pan out so um oh every every couple of years you start hearing of ownership groups trying to trying to bring a team here but then it never pans out but it would be fun to have one here i just don't think we have the the proper stadium for it. Like Roger Center is okay, but it's more of a baseball type of stadium. So if we just got the stadium thing sorted out, then I think that would make it a lot easier. What do you think the perfect place would, would be? For a stadium? Um, yes. I don't know. <laughs> There's not much room in the city of Toronto to build a big NFL stadium. So you'd have to look like in the outskirts of the city for sure, just because of how big NFL stadiums are. Okay, fair enough. Well, um, you know, one thing that certainly impacted a, a lot of uh, not just the sports scene, but just life in general is coronavirus, and it's impacted 
not just the United States, not just Canada or North America, but around the world. Um, just tell me, uh, what have you done to kind of uh, just uh, kind of stay sane during these uh, during these times right now? Well, I've been I've been writing for uh, two websites I write for, and keeping up with the two podcasts I'm on. That's taken up some of my time. You know, just uh, just watching watching Netflix and uh, going going out for walks whenever I can. That that's uh, that helps for sure to keep you sane, just so you can get outside a little bit. Um, yeah, just talking to friends and family. You know, just kind of just kind of hanging out. <laughs> Okay, well, fair enough, and uh, good you're keeping busy. And speaking of uh, your blogs and podcasts, just uh, uh, tell our audience uh, what you're currently a senior writer for OvertimeHeroics.net. So uh, what is that website all about? So that website is uh, it basically brings a bunch of fans all together from a bunch of different teams, and uh, and and just like they give their takes on things that are going on in sports. It's fun to see. It's more of a fan's perspective on things rather than, and rather than like how a reporter would see it. And it's more, it's you get very analytical and we like to have fun too with with our articles as well, especially now with no sports going on. So there's a lot of a lot of creativity going on on that website right now, in terms of of what stories are, are getting published. Okay, and then you're a contributor for CrownHoops.com. And what is a Crown CrownHoops.com all about? Well, we're a small website, still in the, still growing. Um, we just look at a different way to cover basketball. It's a lot of our opinion pieces. We have some interviews on there, and um, yeah, we just uh, try to give a fresh look on on the game of basketball. Okay, sweet. Yeah, definitely during this difficult time because, you know, the NBA, uh, there's a possibility that they're working on things to try to uh, save the season, and definitely your website will definitely come in handy in this one. And uh, also, you're the co-host of two podcasts, Takes from the Nosebleeds and Queen City Roundup. Can you tell our audience what those podcasts are all about? Yeah, for sure. Um, so Takes from the Nosebleeds is is with myself and um three other writers from overtimeheroics.net and uh we it's like a like sports meets pop culture kind of thing we like to have a lot of a lot of fun on that podcast we call it like a a group chat come to life and it's cool to get different perspectives because me and one other guy on the show Matthew are from Toronto and we have one guy Cole who grew up in Detroit and another guy who grew up in in New York so you get like different perspectives on on issues going on in sports and all that. So that's um so it's fun to get all those different contrasting thoughts on sports. All right, fair enough. Definitely always important to get uh, different points of view. Well, great job as all. Great job, Joey, for being on the program. Just uh before we let you go, tell the audience uh where can they find you as well as uh your web the website, the uh, websites that you work for and the podcast on social media and any websites, let them know that as well. Yeah, so uh you can find me on Twitter at Joey Kanji ninety eight. And um the podcast takes from the nosebleeds. You can find us at nosebleeds takes underscore on Twitter and 
And we just got an Instagram as well, which we're trying to grow, which is on Instagram. You can find us at TFT Nosebleeds. And the other podcast I'm on, uh, the Queen City Roundup, is uh, you can find us on Twitter at Q underscore City Roundup. And uh, for the two sites I write for, you can find us at for Overtime Heroics and at OT underscore Heroics. And and at Crown Hoops for the Crown Hoops website I write for on Twitter. Excellent, excellent, Joey. Can you repeat your your Twitter handle one more time? You you were breaking up when you were saying it. Oh, sorry. So at Joey Kanji ninety eight. Fair enough. Well, you heard it from. He's Joey Kanji. He's uh, from Toronto, Canada, and he's a senior writer for OvertimeHeroics.net. He's also the contributor for CrownHoops.com and co-host of Takes from the Nosebleeds and Queen City Roundup Podcast. Joey, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us on the program, and if ever you want to come back on, please feel free to let us know. Yeah, for sure. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I'd like to be on again soon, hopefully. Same here is a lot of fun on my end as well. And that's going to do it for another exciting edition of the Robinson Show. I'm your host, Ed Robinson. And remember, put God first in everything you do and you can't go wrong. Until next time, stick to the script. I'm out. And as always, remember, stay home, stay safe, and stay inside. We're out. Peace. People who are sick should stay home. You don't go to an emergency room. You don't go to a clinic. You get on the phone and you ask for advice and instructions from your physician. Then you use those instructions to determine what you're going to do. But the first reflex should not be, I feel sick, I'm going to go to an emergency room. I feel sick, I'm going to just go to a doctor's office. We need to physically separate. Ultimately, you may need, obviously, to see a physician or to go to a hospital. The first reflex should be to make a call to your physician. We can fight disease together by standing far apart. Help prevent the spread. Avoid large gatherings. Keep at least six feet of distance from others, especially people who are sick. Our sick and vulnerable populations depend on it. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Cover your cough and sneeze and avoid touching your face. Visit oumedicine.com COVID to learn more. COVID-19, help prevent the spread. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. 
Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. Hey, this is Amy Bentley with RWMS Group, and you are listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. 